0: Welcome back to Carter and Lowry, episode number 114. And I'm here with uh, my main man and co host, Sam Carter, on a beautiful early kind of not quite spring, but in the south, it's basically spring here. Uh, today is March the 7th, 2023. Sam Carter, um, you know, how let's go. Interesting opening question. I'm not even going to ask you how you are because. Uh, you've already said it the past few weeks your school is pointless, so let's bring up the debate. Um, if you haven't heard, uh, there was talks of making this the final time change and keeping it a permanent daylight saving time. Um, and we have to hear um, from Sam Card on the debate. By the way, there is not that's not official yet. There's, we're still going to be switching. You know, you're springing forward and falling back every uh, you know November and March respectively. And uh, Sam, thoughts on the debate: Should there be permanent de- permanent daylight saving time? Um, just thoughts on you know, time change in general. Is it pointless? Is it archaic? Or is it a part of our society we can't let go? Uh, look into the Oracle of Sam Carter. Uh, what does it give us?
1: Um, I think at one time, you know, it was necessary, but at this point in America's history. Uh, technology has advanced past the need for uh, switching back and forth um, While I do enjoy you know in the winter time when it gets dark early that is a sacrifice I'm willing to make to have every evening uh, light.
0: So are you so you're in favor of permanent daylight saving time I am so that that would be longer um, in the evening and less light in the morning. Right. Just, to, um, I'm, I think we should stick with the system. I think that while it's, it's annoying and people complain about losing an hour of sleep, it's not that big a deal. And I think it, it makes it better. Um, cause if it was that, if it was like the sun didn't come up to like eight thirty in December, that'd be pretty rough. Um, just on the, on the soul. And I think it's a good balance. I mean, it is rough in March to lose an hour of sleep. But just go to bed an hour earlier. Um, so just to let you know, in case you haven't heard, um, this uh, Sunday morning, I guess, at 2 a.m., you will be jumping ahead uh, to 3 a.m., losing an hour of sleep um, this Saturday night. And uh, you know, speaking of Sundays, uh, we had an incredible NBA Sunday. So we'll get to right to that after uh, we touch on the Charlotte Hornets and getting it started uh, the Hornets go 0 and three without Lamella Ball. Obviously, a season-ending injury it was difficult to watch. Uh, but Kevin Durant and the Phoenix Suns, and we saw got to see him in his first game with the Suns. As the Hornets go 0 and three against the Suns, Magic and Nets next week. They take on the Knicks, the Pistons, the Jazz, and the Cavaliers. Um, so a pretty depressing week and a pretty depressing season. Um, still waiting to hear on whether or not. Miles Bridges will come back. We have no word on that situation uh, in terms of updates from last week. Um, so interesting to see how all, all that plays out as, you know, the, the clock is ticking to see if he will make his, you know, not necessarily awaited, but anticipated return uh, back to the show of Hornets. And the player and team of the week, um, we got to give it to the New York Knicks. Uh, they got a tremendous double overtime win against the Celtics. We'll be talking more about that later. Um, but they're just moving up that. Eastern Conference ladder. I believe they've won nine in a row. Um, just playing tremendously. in Player of the Week, Emmanuel quickly, um, kind of that third star be- behind uh, Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle with 38 and seven in the double overtime win against the Celtics. Uh, Another news: we have the Booker versus Luca beef. And if you know us here on Cardinal Lowry, we love you know fighting bee- beefs, beefs. How do you say? It? I don't know beef, beef, just beef. Plural. I don't know why I messed that up. Um, we love when players in non-combat sports fight against each other. I don't know why that's so entertaining, but it is, um, at least to me. I don't know about Sam. Yeah. But it definitely it draws my ire. And uh, some extreme trash talk going on uh, between Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. This kind of goes back to last year's playoffs in the blowout game seven uh, in that Suns Mavericks series. And here's what Luka had to say. He was frustrated that Devin Booker was talking trash. When the result of the contest had been decided, you know, Kevin Durant goes down and hits uh, the game-winning shot eventually with 14 seconds left, and Luca misses a shot from about three feet away. It was kind of a layup he he botched. And then Devin Booker, you know, had something to say about it. And given that Devin wasn't the one that made the shot, uh, Sam, is this trash talk valid, or is it kind of a jerk move?
1: I mean, I think that... You know, you trash talk for your teammate. Um, I think that all trash talk is good trash talk unless you're losing. Um, I mean, I feel like I could go a lot more in in depth with this, but um, I think that, you know, it wasn't called for, but, you know, I'm not saying, you know, come on, Devin Booker. I think that he has the right to talk trash.
0: Well, wow. uh, well, Luka Doncic was uh, furious in his post game press conference. He
1: always is.
0: He always is. He's oh, kind man. of a
1: baby. I'm not gonna lie.
0: Yeah, he has. He has torn some jerseys in his in his tenure. Um, so hardly I think it's. Well, I said hardly yeah. a
1: tenure. Yeah, he's he's young. He but, hasn't been playing um, long enough to. Okay,
0: in his time, in his years.
1: Maybe I'm just a Luka hater right now.
0: It sounds like it, um, but I think that this would be a very interesting playoff matchup. If you just look at the standings uh, right now, it doesn't look uh, that favorable. We'll run through real quickly. The 1-6 through six in these conference in the East, you got the Bucks, the Celtics, the Sixers, the Cavs, the Knicks, and the Nets. I think that the Nets are going to be overtaken by the Heat. Um, the Heat are kind of struggling to put it together, but I think that the Heat should overtake the Nets, given how weak that Nets roster has become with the departure of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. In the West, you have the Nuggets you know, remaining solid as ever. They're six games ahead in the loss column, and they're eight games ahead in the win column um, over the Memphis Grizzlies. And then Sacramento, in the three seed, um, just a half a game behind Memphis. Uh, Phoenix in the four, Golden State in the five, and Minnesota in the six, and then Dallas in the seven. So I think it'll be very unlikely that we'll get to see a uh, Suns-Mavericks um, first-round matchup but I think it would be wildly entertaining just to see these two teams go at it again with the reloaded Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on both sides. Um, given the Mavericks did win last year, so they kind of would hold the advantage, so to speak, um, but certainly uh, these two teams are not fans of each other, um, which I think is another thing we want to point out. You know, I think that the Celtics and the Knicks, that, that game got chippy. Um, you know, Julius Randle. Certainly not one to back down. I mean, same thing with the guys like R.J. Barrett, you know, notorious Dookie trash talker. Um, I hate to throw in that Duke slide even though UNC lost. But, you know, the Dookies love the trash talk. And I think that would be another great, uh, you know, first or second round matchup. Um, the Knicks currently sitting at the five seed, as I already mentioned. So it would be tough to get them on the same side of the bracket. But just hoping that we get to see them face off this year. And Sam just looking – at you know all of the top six teams that I've mentioned, which playoff matchup um, in the first round would be the most intriguing to you? Let me think.
1: Hmm. I mean, the Celtics would definitely have to be up there. Okay. But first round. I mean, yeah. Well, the first like... round, they
0: would. They would. They would kind of be playing more of a. Miami or possibly even an Atlanta team, so that's that's kind of out of the question as being a great first round matchup. I can answer first. Um, I think that the matchup I most want to see um, would be Kings um, against Suns. Um, you know, I think that this it'd be difficult to get these two teams in the right position for the first round, um, but there's two very explosive offenses and two very explosive crowds as well um sam and i have both spent an equal amount of time in phoenix about five hours uh maximum but uh they're very spirited about that team uh you know that's the only thing going on in the desert no disc to arizona but i mean there's, a, there's nothing really out there but tumbleweeds um and now that you got kevin durant um you know, i think the passion for the suns has even increased uh, but sam do you have a first round matchup in mind that you, you'd be looking forward to
1: um, I'm gonna say 76ers Knicks if that's even a possibility. I think that's a um, possibility. I think that you know there's sort of that that uh, Northern Mid Atlantic rivalry. Um yeah. And I just I think Joel Embiid has something to prove. So he do, He does have something to
0: prove, and I think that. Um, him going against the Madison Square Garden crowd uh, would be certainly entertaining. So that was a good – that's not even one that was on my brain. So um, good pick there, Sam. Um, but that's pretty much going to wrap up our NBA conversation. Um, uh, some other things i got to mention. LeBron James tweeted that he had a dream where he was playing against Michael Jordan in the national championship as Duke against Michael Jordan's UNC Tar Heels. And he said, um, you know, there was, it was it was down to a last-second shot, and he woke up. From his dream, so more LeBron James uh, weird interview answers. Um, that's just I don't know if that you find that funny or not, but that's uh, that, yeah, that it is odd for sure. Uh, free throw troubles in Boston. Obviously, as I mentioned, they had a devastating loss to the Knicks in double overtime on Sunday. But last night, um, you know, the difficulties on the free throw line as they missed two in a row, uh, which would have won the either one of them would have won the game. They go on to lose in overtime in Cleveland. Um, so, kind of on the slide here, kind of letting uh, the Bucks, you know, kind of grab the uh, power struggle in the Eastern Conference. Uh, but the Bucks did have their very long winning streak snapped uh, just the other day. And the West Russell Westbrook experiment, excuse me, um, obviously is signed with the Clippers, and they're one and four since he joined uh, that roster. The team is really struggling to get spacing. Um, I think that this is it's disappointing to see the struggles given how great Kawhi Leonard is. Um, He's played at a very – I mean, one of the most consistent rates of, you know, his entire career in terms of playing time, and they're the eighth seed right now. And I realize the Western Conference has a lot of very good teams, but I feel like just the talent on that roster, you know, they should be higher up. I think they're more talented than the Warriors, Timberwolves, and Mavericks. So I just think that they need to move up to the uh, ladder because I think facing a Denver – or a Memphis or a Phoenix in the first round could really spell another first round exit, and would really, it would it would put a huge damper on what has been the disappointment of the uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard era uh, in uh, the little brother situation in LA. And now uh, for the main event of this podcast, uh, they say the second week of March in North Carolina, the Woo Birds uh, come out uh, cheering on the 15 teams in the Atlantic Coast Conference, the tournament. Um, the first, the best, and the most undeniable, the AC tournament returns to its home in Greensboro, North Carolina, today, actually. Uh, just an hour after this podcast is recorded, uh, the first game will go down um, in the Greensboro Coliseum. Uh, Sam, excitement level on a scale of 1 to 10 as opposed to prior years? Um,
1: I would say a 8 out of 10. Um, it's pretty strong. You know, this year I have the the um, early release, so I'll be able to watch every single game that I want. Um, so, I mean, I I am very excited.
0: Yeah, I think this is a uh, to be a great tournament. I think we have a plethora of possibilities. Um, a little gymnast phrase for you there. I think there's just so many teams that could win this tournament. So much parity exists i um, in the conference this year, and uh, let's just take a look at the schedule uh, for those that don't know. So today, um, starting at 2 o'clock, you have Florida State taking on Georgia Tech, uh, then at 4.30 at Boston College taking on Louisville, and then at 7 o'clock, Virginia Tech taking on Notre Dame to close out the first round. Then at noon tomorrow, you have Syracuse versus Wake Forest in the 8-9 matchup at noon, Pitt versus the game-winner. North Carolina against the Game 2 winner. That game will be at 7 o'clock. And then NC State against the Game 3 winner. That game will go down, I believe, at 9.30 is that time slot. And then the quarterfinals, Miami with the number one seed. They claim the regular season title in the ACC. They take on the Game 4 winner. That's Syracuse and Wake Forest. And then Duke will face uh, Pitt in the Game 1 winner. Virginia will take on North Carolina or the Game 2 winner. And Clemson uh, will take on the uh, uh, game seven winner, which could be NC state or uh, that would be Virginia tech or Notre Dame. So a lot of possibilities in terms of the teams that Clemson could play um, Sam, but would you rather have NC state who they blew out uh, just a couple weeks ago, Virginia tech, who I believe Clemson beat. Yeah, they beat them. Yeah. And then Notre Dame Clemson is also, uh, so all these teams, I guess just the Clemson lose to NC state earlier on in the season.
1: I think, we split.
0: Yeah, they split the game. So three one record against the four I mean the three teams, excuse me, that Clemson could play, but Sam, which matchup would you most like to have um, in that quarterfinal spot?
1: Um Hmm. I think I would say Notre Dame, although they've been kinda hot recently. Um, Virginia Tech, you know, they have that that game where they beat us in the first round last year on the buzzer beater, mm. um, so you know bad emotions, you know right. about playing them in the ACC tournament, and then NC State would probably be my like if if Clemson had to play them at all in the ACC tournament, or if any of the teams that Clemson could play. I think that State is near the bottom of that list. Um, State has a tendency to, you know, play incredibly or, you know, come out completely flat. Um, But this season looks like they're going to be clicking on all cylinders. So I think I'm going to go with Notre Dame.
0: Okay. Um, And as a North Carolina fan, I would say I'd much – uh, rather face Louisville, obviously, the last seed in the bracket and just a really rough uh, program right now. Uh, but they're definitely hungry. You know, Boston College and Louisville, they have nothing to lose. They're not fighting for any bubble contention. I mean, neither really is North Carolina at this point after they lost to the Duke Blue Devils, uh, which we'll get to a little bit later. But I think that, you know, in a situation where you got to win, you got to win it all. I think North Carolina, their back is completely against the wall. To avoid the NIT – you got to take it all the way and get that automatic bid. Um, it's certainly a difficult road ahead uh, with the possibility of facing, well, if you move on, you will, uh, we will have to face uh, the Virginia Cavaliers who, we, you know, in a conference tournament where, you know, pace and experience matters, nobody can control the pace of the game and has more experience in this conference, arguably, than the Virginia Cavaliers. Um, you know, obviously just a great uh, repertoire of weapons, uh, from inside and outside of the arc. So they're, they're definitely going to be a challenge um, in this tournament. And on the other side of the bracket, you know, just as strong. Um, you know, Duke and Miami are both very hot. Um, you got a Wake Forest team, which has shown flashes, um, beating Duke uh, this season. And, uh, you know, Syracuse is always sneaky, uh, given uh, Jim Boeheim's experience um, in both the ACC and Big East tournament was oh, So, Sam, if you had to pick a winner right now, uh, from these fifteen teams, who are you giving uh, the favorite to?
1: Um, I'm gonna go with the regular season champs, Miami. Um, Isaiah Wong looks like a player of the year, ACC player of the year. I don't know who actually won it.
0: Let me let me check. I th- I don't think that they, they announced it yet? I, I should.
1: Announced have... rookie of the year. Yeah,
0: I think sure. they announced it in the midweek. Yeah. Um, let me see. He might have won it. Um, twenty hours ago. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Isaiah Wong. He was the player of the year. There you go.
1: Well, still, I, I, I think. Looking at Miami to win it all. They are very, uh, they're a strong team, and Isaiah Wong is a strong player.
0: Yeah, I mean, he could almost, he could run an NBA team. He's just so intelligent with the basketball. Um, a six-year player, uh, given he took a, his um, COVID year, and I believe he was injured um, one of his years. So just so much experience, um, so much knowledge of the game of basketball, and it's very nerve-wracking to play against him. Um, but I, I think that I'm going to go with the Duke Blue Devils as much as I dislike Duke. They're the hottest team right now. They're showing a lot of heart, and they're very talented. Um, I don't think they have what it takes to make a deep NCAA tournament run, but we'll, well, obviously that's a lot to talk about later. Um, but I think that Duke is certainly it's, it's going to be a great matchup if we get to see Miami against Duke on um, Friday night. I think that will be An awesome game to watch. Um, But my sleeper pick is Pitt. And, you know, I know Pitt plays Duke. um, I know they're lined up for that quarterfinal matchup, but Pitt, they got it going on. Um, You know, they just have so many weapons and so much grit and heart uh, on that team. And they've they've demonstrated a lot uh, to come from a team that really was in the depths of the ACC for. Many uh, of its you know, first 10 or so years in the league, uh, they've come on this season and earned that five spot, almost getting the double pie. Um, so tremendous work uh, this year out of the Pitt Panthers. Uh, but we do want to talk about a story. I, I got to thank Sam for bringing this up to me. Um, this has kind of been an underground story. I've not seen it mentioned anywhere in any major sports app, but there's a lot of complaints about the women's, Uh, floor uh, for the women's ACC tournament this past week. Sam, what can you tell us about that?
1: Um, Well, I'm not sure exactly what the situation was, but, you know, I was at a restaurant with my dad, and they were showing the semifinal. um, I think it was Virginia Tech versus Duke in the women's ACC tournament. Um, Virginia Tech won that game and then beat Louisville in the championship. But they were messing with the floor, and it looked like they had to saw a part of it out. And I guess it was maybe just a dead spot where the ball couldn't bounce or maybe players were getting injured. Um, So I'm not sure exactly what happened there, but, you know, maybe we'll keep you posted.
0: Yeah, um, what I'm reading here is not a problem um, with the floor necessarily. It was kind of with the base um, in terms of there was – just kind of some uneven parts of the floor itself. Um, so we're hoping not to see any problems um, in the minster. I mean, that's obviously a fortune that the floor was like this, um, but Sam was correct. They believe that it's just part of how old the, the Greensboro Coliseum is and how um, parts of the floor have kind of been worn down, so they had to kind of move parts of the floor. So, I mean, it's very unfortunate because that's the home. I, I mean, at least in my eyes, the Greensboro Coliseum, that's the place that the AC tournament has to be. So here's the hopes that it can – remain there. I mean, a very interesting situation that I've not seen covered at all. So hopefully, it's not as big a deal as we hope. Um, But it's it's very disappointing to see something like that have to happen in a college basketball game. of that level of importance, Um, but congratulations obviously um, to Virginia Tech on the the dominant win. Um, I feel like I was watching parts of that game. They cruised um, in terms of just level play there. Um, the three seed getting the victory in the Ally Women's ACC uh, tournament, and Sam, uh, you know, kind of the final final note here. Um, you you obviously picked a winner, uh, but if you got to pick a team that's playing on the first day, we do this every year. Pick a team that's playing on the first day um, that's gonna make it the farthest out of those six uh, between Florida State, Georgia Tech, Boston College, Louisville, Virginia Tech, and Notre Dame. Who would you pick? Uh, to make it the farthest.
1: I got to go with Virginia Tech. Um, they started the season ranked, um, had an incredibly disappointing season. You know, this team has been here before. They won it last year. Um, so I got to go with Virginia Tech. I don't think that they'll make it far, but they will make it out of the first, uh, first day, which I guess is today. And uh, so... I'm gonna go with VT.
0: I'm going different direction. I'm gonna go with Florida State. Florida State started terribly. They turned it on, as much as you can call it, turning on to make it to the 12 seed. Um, I think that you know, despite the game against Pitt, I, I'm really contradicting myself here. I, I apologize. I'm saying I'm seeing things uh, beyond it, but I think that they have a very talented team. Almost came back to beat North Carolina. Got that huge comeback win against Miami a couple weeks ago. So I think this is a giant killer. And if there's any kind of kryptonite uh, for the first round, I'm going to pick Florida State. Highly athletic, per usual. Uh, Lennon Hamilton, you know, he loves uh, to keep a lot of length on the wings. Um, and I think he's he put together talent, not necessarily put together the pieces uh, to win games in the ACC, um, but I think that this team could be a giant killer this year. Um, we do have to mention, uh, by obligation, uh, the loss uh the Toriels went through 6257 on Saturday night. A terrible game at the end in terms of just unable to score. Um plenty of chances. Uh Pete Nance, he struggled again another due game. And this is kind of the missing piece, you know, what made Brady Manic Brock. And I don't mean to put it all on him. I think that's unfair to him to say he he has the player that kind of has the team fall apart. But it's just not the same without Brady Manic and that's big shoes to fill. And um the backs are against the wall, and uh, there's no other choice but to move forward to avoid the embarrassment, um, as much as you want to call it, of the NIT for the North Carolina Tor Heels. So here's to hoping that they can recover from uh, the depths uh, right now. Uh, but we'll be back uh, like we do every year uh, with the ACC tournament update. Um, we don't know when exactly that's going to be. just kind of depends on our schedules and you know what. what what's the biggest defining moment after these first three rounds um, so we'll have you uh, with that either on Friday or Saturday I imagine well Sam any final thoughts on this year's ACC tournament preview
1: nope
0: alright well that is going to do it for Cardinal Lowry episode number 114 and hear from us next Tuesday